Hello, ladies and gentlemen, listeners. Welcome back to another episode of the Fast Podcast with Dan and Mike. Hi, guys. Hello. Uh, on, today, on to today's, this episode, tonight's episode, we are picking up from where we left off last week on the saga that has been dubbed Mexicans. And if you don't already know by now, because you've been living under a rock, um, on Sunday or Monday, depending on what country you're watching the interview, um, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex had a two-hour conversation with Oprah Winfrey discussing the, the tri- I guess, tribulations in the royal family and their reasons ultimately for, for le- breaking off to go and do their own thing um, in the United States. There are lots of revelations that came out of this interview, uh, which we will discuss today. Um, the main thing that the media has focused on, of course, is the allegations of of, of racism and, and the concerns around uh, the, the the baby uh, that was then to be born at the time, uh, the, the first child of the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. But then several other allegations as well regarding the royal family's relationship. Or, sh- or should we say the institution? The institution. Or, or should we say the firm? I mean, yeah, in their pick, words. Pick one firm. name. It's interesting, I guess, um, because uh, it's we all know, think of the royal family as the queen and the immediate family. But um, as we may, may not know, but are starting to sort of understand from the interview, there are multiple elements within this entity that is just called the royal family, um, such as the firm and then the individuals. So um, we spent the past week gathering our information. We haven't actually discussed anything. No, we haven't. We're, we're, I mean, usually we have like a a pre-pod chat where we discuss the issues. We have a, a roundup of what we want to discuss. But I think this time we've, we, we've just discussed the, we've decided on the topic and yeah. um, we've picked up elements here and there. But um, yeah, we're going to gonna go into it nice and um direct i think yes that's right i mean would you like to kick us off um with your kind of initial takeaway some from the interview and your your research before we then get into um our back and forth shall we say yes i mean for me um i watched the interview uh in the uk on itv at 9 p.m um on uh, last monday and however i must say i was kind of live tweet watching so i wasn't watching it live on cbs but i was seeing all the tidbits so i knew where the most controversial statements were made um i had a general idea of the structure but that was nothing compared to what i saw when i watched the interview it was it was the rare event where something didn't only live up to the reputation, it kind of exceeded the expectations, that interview. Because um, I I had the understanding that this was obviously a situation where you have the, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, um, as I'll be referring to them um, by the official titles. Um, you know, Harry's... A, Harry is a prince. Um, he was born with that title, and you know, his wife was married into into that family. So, although they've been stripped of the, you know, honorary um, roles and whatnot, I still believe that you know 
the whole point of of royalty and is that they they born slash marry into it and that's that's the whole privilege isn't it of of getting it but um back to the interview itself i thought that it was extremely um emotive i felt that oprah winfrey was in many ways the perfect kind of interviewer for an american audience if because i think you need to understand who the audience that was targeted at these are two um individuals a young couple who felt that they had to live 6000 miles from from where they initially thought they were going to make home yeah um megan i thought it was interesting that megan set out making it very clear that she always intended to stay in the royal family and she'd set out a long-term plan for what she considered to be her future within the family yeah um but then were there you know initial signs seemed all good and i think on the media side of things and i think this is something that we're going to discuss all night on the pod there's a dichotomy between what was happening within the royal family itself or the institution and what was happening in the press and you have to say the press that megan and harry got was very good um in about 2016-2017 when it was made public that they were dating um you know obviously those of us who knew her from suits you know she already had a fan base there but then um harry of course being the lovable rogue um who has had his indiscretions in the past we must we must say with fancy dress and whatnot um and um has been always seen as a bit of a rebel, I guess, yeah. compared to his brother. So there was this, I think, in the eyes of the public, they were adored, and one might say the press initially took to them. But yeah. like Megan rightly said in the timeline, it all went sour in the tour, the Australian tour, mm. at least with the family. Now, we know beforehand that she talks about the incident on the week of the wedding, which was the incident where the papers said there'd been a dispute about wedding dresses and the Duchess of Cambridge, Kate Middleton, um, had been in tears. Now, I think that was the first big rebuttal from Meghan, wasn't it, in the interview? Um, She categorically said, I didn't make her cry. In fact, I was the one that cried. And which then begged the question, and I think set the tone for the whole of the interview as to why wasn't she why wasn't she vindicated in the press you know why did the press run with the story that she had made um megan cry um sorry kate cry so it was i think that kind of set the ball rolling in terms of that didn't get out during the wedding uh, interestingly enough the the wedding period was still grace you know you had all the her friends the cast of suits um Yeah, George Clooney, Oprah Winfrey was there, Serena Williams was there at the wedding, I remember. Yeah. You know, there was the dignitaries, you know, the British public love a royal wedding. It's kind of one of those feel-good things um, yeah. that um, a country of royal lovers um, would enjoy, I guess. But then, probably, what, six months after that, if within a year, they went on this Australia tour. And parallels have to be drawn to Princess Diana's Australia tour in the mid to late 80s. I can't remember the specific date now, but she was tremendously popular, tremendously. And 
Ilshu was dubbed the people's queen, mm. right? Um, and unfortunately, I think, to be honest, very early in the piece, Meghan was dabbed with that same uh, brush and she was considered mm. the people's queen. Now, I think if you look at it logically, and I think on the Facts podcast, we like to be logical here, it's problematic for those whose role is to to push the queen's the future queen's popularity right if you think that kate middleton will one day be the queen with william as our king it's a bit difficult for them to do that if she's been over if megan who won't be queen she won't be queen because william's got enough heirs who pushed down harry in the throne but she will always be there right yeah um and if you, I mean, think back to um, Sarah that's, Ferguson versus Diana. They, the press always like to pit one princess against the other. That's an interesting point, actually. Uh, but I, uh, I hadn't really thought about that. That's a good point, yeah. I mean, Meghan is, just has, comes and comes in as someone with a higher profile anyway and is probably at the time more popular in comparison to Kate. So, uh, but anyway, do, do carry on. Um, oh. Yeah, so I I, th- I think when you look at that dynamic, all of a sudden, and that was when Megan said she announced, well, they discovered they were pregnant. So you imagine there's this whole, it's a kaleidoscope, isn't it? It's this, whoever's the private secretary, because if you always think about the royal family as a series of, um, it's a hierarchy, isn't it? Yeah. You have the queen as the head of state, but then and her husband, the Duke of Edinburgh, who are the two most senior royals mm-hmm. by virtue of current position. However, in terms of functionality, the Queen is in her 90s now and is probably not able to do those day-to-day tasks. Yeah. So for all intents and purposes, her son, the Prince of Wales, who's been in training to be king for the past, um, how many years of his life? 70 years yeah. plus years, is, is the de facto active ceo i would yeah. think of the of the institution quote unquote just logically and he's a very senior royal um his wife camilla parker um his, his wife camilla i was going to say parker bowles then um her former surname um and um then you would have prince william yes and um his wife the duchess of cambridge kate middleton um and then you would have Harry, I think, before you even got to the Queen's. Then you would get to Harry's auntie, um, Princess Anne, and his uncle Andrew and Edward. Because yeah. the way the royal family goes is down the first son yes. of the heirs track, yeah. isn't yeah. it? I, I think... so, so they're very senior royals. They, they, Harry and Meghan were senior, very senior royals, right behind William and um, and Kate. Mm-hmm. So. I think in that interview, if you apply yourself to a bit of research, go research the family. Um, one thing you have to understand as well is the sense of duty that the royal family has, and that's why they're so respected. Because the idea is that before the current queen take, took to the throne, the royal family was in a bit of strife, to be honest. And she came and solidified the throne. Um, and there we had it. I, um, Megan announces her pregnancy, and um, 
it all goes to pot. And I mean, what what was your view of that whole wedding fiasco? Yeah, um, I mean, and, and the press around that. I think with with that yeah, that wedding fiasco, I felt like it was you know a storm in a teacup. It was one of those things where the British press, true to form, always takes a bit of information and tries to create a story around it. Um, I think what you mentioned about the hierarchy that was there and the competition between the two of them is a really interesting point because I suppose from what I got from this, part of the challenge in the, um, I suppose, the couple um, would have faced and I guess, yeah, part of why a lot of um, ill feeling was directed towards uh, Megan was because she ultimately would over, she and Harry would ultimately overshadow the future king, which is yeah, really, I think that that's the bottom line. That's that's, yeah. that's the unspoken. That's, that's the unspoken yeah. issue here. That, and you have to remember, Harry himself said the royal family and the press are symbiotic in their relationship. Exactly, they need the it. press are very much invested in creating. And I thought it was interesting. I was watching Question Time and Dan Hodges of the Daily, um, sorry, Mail on Sunday. Yeah. He clarified that there is this good versus bad, wherever you have two prince wives or wives of princes yes. or wives of dukes or whatever. Sarah Ferguson and Diana, they did the same thing. They pitted them against each other. And here you have Meghan and um, and Kate Middleton. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, the, the media certainly decided to take a turn. Uh, it was quite, yeah. But it was quite a dramatic turn, and I think this is yeah. what this is what history makes people forget. And I don't know if you remember, Oprah had a montage, and I'm going to replicate the montage audio oh in audio fashion, right? Um, she said to Megan, "Do you listen to the news? Did you, you know, she she moved to the press and how the press changed? We've talked about the pregnancy, we've talked about the popularity issues, um, post pregnancy. Obviously, there's the the." most shocking part of that interview but before we get there i'll, I'll just read out a few uh-huh. juxtaposed headlines about kate middleton beaming kate gazes lovingly at sleeping prince louis as she and william attend his christening in their first appearance as a family of five but the queen queen misses big day about um megan duchess of sussex Revealed, the Queen won't be at Archie's christening because Meghan, Harry and the mystery godparents planned to baptise him today, but had to rearrange when they realised Her Majesty and Prince Charles were already busy. The next one, about Kate Middleton. Kate's morning sickness cure. Prince William gifted with an avocado for a pregnant duchess. How Meghan's favourite avocado snack, beloved of all millennials, is fueling human rights abuses, drought, and murder. <laughs> right. I think that's, that, you know, that, that's avocado his, gate. You know, was, apparently, yeah. you know, trying to juxtapose her against fueling human rights abuses because she likes a bit of avocado on toast. Right? She's fueling human rights abuses, drought, and murder. It's ridiculous writing. Here's another one. Pregnant Kate. This is my, this is the all-time one. Pregnant, well, there's there's a bit of prose that is stunning after, but there she glows. Pregnant Kate cradles her burgeoning baby bump as she waves to crowds at Mental Health Forum. Gone Gaga. Meghan Markle's constant bump holding is just for a photo up, and she should take her baby bump Barbie act down a notch. Wow. Critic claims. Wow. That's quite harsh, isn't it? Wow. You know, I, I love the British press and hate at the same time because... 
it just kind of this whole thing sums up nicely and yeah the the agenda is very clear that you know megan can't get good press and we don't know who sets this agenda this is part of one which was one of my takeaways that um i get we don't you know the royal family and you said has a symbiotic relationship with the press um and some someone we don't know who that entity is exactly or what it looks like Mm. who it's made up of but they set the narrative uh, and they run with them. And there's not much I think the family can do. And as I, as I said, you know, the people that are next in line, there's not really much about them. They're quite a staid couple, William and Kate. And, you know, fair play to them. I, I kind of respect that, you know, keep their heads down and do go about their business. You know, if you look at William's track record, he's always been the sort of responsible, level-headed one. There's nothing particularly remarkable about, about him. And so I think the press have had to work harder to create some sort of excitement about him and around Kate. Same thing with Kate. There's nothing particularly exciting about it. But then you've got an American on a quite a you know well-received, very popular television show. I think Americans in general they stand out because of their you know naturally bombastic uh, um, nature. Then you have her with the lovable rogue. I think there's always going to be a competition there, and it's quite obvious that. The Duke and Duchess wants to you know, build their careers roles based on their profile. Um, I suppose they plan to do that in England, but then that would have been, um, I think that would have been, yes, yeah, would have been a challenge to, to those who were next in line. But also I think it may have been a slightly risky strategy for the royal family because, um, you know, I don't think that the royal family in general is that well you know, they're liked from a distance. It's nice. Mm-hmm. I think Harry said, you know, they're good to be seen, but they're not meant to be heard. So you can you can smile and wave and go to these sort of vacuous events that they usually go to. But to have a profile where you're actively promoting agendas or being represented as something, it's not really a done thing. It's not allowed. And I think that was the beginning of the end for them. I think it was just like they probably were, as you said, they were welcome to the family in the early days. It was seen as a big thing, I think. The royal machine and its PR wants to position itself as we are modern and transformative. I think I need to pick up on that. Yeah, on that PR PR machine, seeing this modernization. Yeah, I think the royal family made a massive faux pas. And here's I'm going to intersect two points. You made uh, you referenced earlier that the royal family, um, there was an agenda set by the media, right? Um, that the royal family couldn't push back on. I disagree. They chose not to push back on it. And that's a crucial part of that interview because Megan espouses that she was told that she would be protected. That's the one regret. When Oprah Winfrey says, what's your biggest regret? She says that I believe that I'll be protected. And I think she was in a bubble, obviously at Kensington Palace and then later Frogmore Cottage, where she was shielded a lot from this press because you know, like they don't, they probably aren't provided with, um, I don't know what it, how they receive their news, for example, and stuff like you don't see a lot of press about the royal family on news channels at six yeah. o'clock. Well, he says in view of the last week, <laughs> but it's quite rare that yeah. you would see an article or something featured in the news itself. Now, in a newspaper, sure, but if you don't read newspapers or you're not perhaps following them on social media and stuff like that, and we don't know how that's controlled with their comms team, then you wouldn't see it. And Megan said that. And I think the thing here is she was one she she was confused as to why no one in the royal family machinery 
push back on what they knew to not be true. They knew she didn't make Kate cry. They knew she cried. They knew Kate apologised. Why was that never clarified? Why was it never any support from William for his brother? I hear what you say about William being stoic and all this kind of stuff. Actually, I'm not sure that's quite true. Um, he is known for keeping Kate Middleton on ice for nearly 10 years before they married. And in the meantime, <laughs> he was having his merry way through the clubs of West End. You know, he was that's, he was known he, for going out and having he, uh, a good time. I mean, and of course matter. he could do that. He's, exactly, he's a young man. He's a free to that. I mean, he did what <laughs> he did. What but I don't want, no, I don't want you pushing this narrative that he's this, you know, I'm, I'm um, holier than thou, you know. There, there's other things we can't talk about on the pod that, you know, ever, even since he's been married, there's there's some stuff out there. Yeah, so, let, let, you know, we're not going to go into that. Yeah, you know, doesn't, yeah, we're not going into that anyway. But as you car carry on anyway, you say, I, I understand the whole defence thing uh, to that point, that yes, could she have received more protection? Yes, but I think there's only so much she could have gotten. Uh, going back to... Mike, there was no protection. And I think this is the point here. Because what you need to deep is that later in this interview, we hear that, and I think the mentality was that we will make them so uncomfortable that they will have to do what we want them to do. They withdrew the security of the future King of England's second son. I think that point is being. I don't really buy that whole. I agree. You don't buy it. He said his thing. his security was withdrawn. His life. He he. And Oprah Winfrey said, "Did the risk level change?" And what you need to understand here is that they're royal protection officers who work for branch of the police and secret service, whose life's work it is to protect the royal family. Prince Harry is a high profile individual. There are people with nefarious minds and deeds who would harm him. So the idea that his address in, in Canada was firstly published in the Daily Mail, right? Where they lived was shown, there was drones flying past, where they went, and keep in mind, Meghan Markle went to Canada because she worked in Canada while she was on suits, right? So she lived in Canada for seven years. It was a Commonwealth country. They, they reiterated, they wanted to work for the family. They still wanted to work as royals. Why would they withdraw his security at a short-term notice, knowing that his life is essentially at risk? To me, that's so reckless. Like, I can't... I, I, I understand the, I understand Meghan Markle and Archie not being in the line of succession. Archie is in the line of succession, whether they want it or not. But I understand them not being priority because, quote-unquote, they're not born into it and they're not working. But Harry was born. That's his birthright. He didn't choose to be in the royal family. He is in the royal family. So for them to take away his royal protection, to me, I it's crazy. It, I think, it's ludicrous. I think up to a point, yes, I agree that you know it's a very punitive action to take. But at the same time, we have to realize these this couple plans to go its own way, different from the royal family. And you know, one of the reasons why this family is stuck around for so long is everyone obeys protocol. The moment people try and start to de deviate or dissent, that's the beginning of the end for this institution. And there are a lot of vested interests, and those vested vested interests cannot allow them to get away so easily and uh, they had to be made an example of this is what happened to Diana right, anybody right. Who you're being perform, you're being honest now you're yeah, being honest they had to be made an example Pause. and that's the problem I think and as a as an observer you know is this unfair you, yes 
at the same time, is it shocking? No. And I think that's the thing. Like we have to weigh the reality, the harsh reality of the situation against, you know, expectations. I'm not surprised that it happened. You know, it was quite clear very early on that this is a couple once had their own way of going about things. That's, and I think there was sort of dreams to some extent, the, the press, the supposed welcoming of, of uh, Megan into the family and the mod- modernization, but it became quite clear that actually that was all an act and they were, maybe the path that they were sold of plans to go down and they quickly reversed tact and said back to the status quo. And they were, the way, the only way, I guess they were trying to be taught a lesson that look, if you don't get with the program, this is what's going to happen to you. And it's harsh. Yeah. And you could say it's unfair, but it doesn't surprise me, I think. This this is where I'm going to push back. And I think we haven't we haven't really talked about racism yet. And yeah, I think that's because we're going to the part of the conversation where I think that's the underlying current in a lot of this. It's not the only reason for some of this mistreatment. Yeah. And I, I need to push back on you because you made a comment about um, they had to be taught a lesson because they had strayed from the royal plan. Now, what you need to understand is there are minor royals who don't have active duty, who are in the palace stipend, who live on the palace grounds. Megan explained, there are, you know, we know Princess Eugenie, Princess Beatrice. Um, We know of minor royals, um, uh, you know, Prince Edward, I don't know where Prince Edward lives or whatever. There are minor royals who are called on from time to time to carry out duties. Yeah. That's what Harry and Meghan asked for. They asked to be demoted. They didn't ask to leave. So this idea, and this is what I'm saying about the propaganda machinery against them. They never said, we want to go and do a Netflix deal off the bat. He explained in the interview that they had to do those things because security costs, high-level security for high-level targets, for those who don't know, costs nearly... Seven figures. It's expensive, yeah. Yeah. So he needs to fund that for his family. If the royal family have said, we're taking away your protection, Harry had to find a way to fund it. Now, thank God for Princess Diana. She had the foresight. She left him 30 million. Ask yourself why she felt she needed to leave him 30 million, by the way. Just ask yourself why. You know, why, why would she need to do that if she left her son as a royal within the family? Why did she feel the need to create a... Every parent does it, but I think every parent leaves 30 million. If you're rich enough, yes. (laughs) (laughs) If you're rich enough, you're gonna leave the curse. And Mike, Mike, I think they were treated, and I think this is the point we're getting to in an interview. Post-pregnancy, um, or just before pregnancy, or what well, once they knew she was pregnant, there's this conversation about Archie. And what color would he be? And now I must say, it's not uncommon to discuss what you think your child might look like. I don't, it's not, it's actually not uncommon. The issue here is the concern. The issue here is the concern that whoever said this had when they were having that discussion. And especially in the context of this woman being biracial and Archie being a quarter black that conversation and that context is then racist and it's a dangerous, dangerous conversation. And the fact that they could have that with Harry without thinking of the connotations of what they were saying to me is highly problematic. And if you look at, some will say, oh, it's a private family matter. No, it's not. Because this is the family that is carried as the banner head of the UK. 
so many British people look up to them. I spoke to a couple. I spoke to some some of some of my very close family are royalists who staunchly defended the right for the Sussexes to be treated the way they were. For some of the comments, for some of the reasons you've stated, they went out of the status quo. The monarchy has to keep, you know, maintain itself. You can't have any dissidents, you know, keep it in family. It's messy to discuss your... But clearly, this was a situation where Meghan felt that, firstly, there was this racist undercurrent, let's call it what it is, against her child. Because once she got pregnant, the, 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 the treatment changed. And then secondly, her mental health deteriorated so badly, she went to HR. Who's HR? <laughs> I won't be saying who I think it is. But I would say HR is someone who's perhaps has a power, power to hire or fire. I'm just going to leave it there. She went to HR to ask for help. HR's like, we all went through it. You just have to do it. She went to the institution. She went to the courtiers. They wouldn't let her see a doctor, according to her, allegedly. To me, that is highly problematic. How can you have someone who has suffering, and she, she referenced this event at the Royal Albert Hall, where Harry's having to grow up, grasp her hand, unfortunately because she's just told him that she thinks she's going to commit suicide and she can't be left alone. How can it get that bad? How can, quote-unquote, family observe that and their situation is different mike i know you're going to tell me kate dealt with a lot of name calling waiting kate you know um her the issues with the tabloid intruding her profit uh, her privacy while she was sun lounging um the issues with william charles had his rightful you know lambasting for his treatment of diana he's cavorting and carrying on yeah you can't compare that to Megan because of number one, the racial element and social media. Social media amplified this in such a way. The abuse that she was getting from all these headlines, the uh, the level of vitriol, and we'll get yeah, to Mr. Yeah, Morgan. I mean, we'll get to Piers Morgan shortly. But that's just a symptom. Those were kind of things were not around totally when Charles was going through his. Yeah, issues. I yeah, I won't. I don't think there's any. You know, based on the fact that she got a particularly hard time in the media, and I think she even said it as well. You know, social media just made everything worse because then anybody can comment, and it you know the volume of comments is much higher, and um, you know people are just much more exposed to to, to attacks on social media. Um, I still the whole thing of where do I even where do I even begin? You know, I, there's no debate that treatment was bad. And you could say, yes, she could have been, the, the, you know, the institution or powers that be could have done more to protect her from, from the press. But I, I'm still not 100% convinced that there's much that they could do. I think she was always, unfortunately, she had to be the scapegoat. And I think... No, I disagree. They in, no, I, they squash, they've quashed stories. Prince Andrew, Prince Andrew, no, that's, let's talk about Prince no, Andrew. No, 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 see why with the Prince Andrew situation is Prince Andrew was in, implicated in a criminal, <laughs> he was implicated in a criminal case that was very damaging. And who talks about it? What newspaper talks about and, it? But Megan, on the other hand, wasn't implicated in anything. She was just being picked on for the fact that she was her. That's the bottom so line. So if they couldn't quash that, they, yeah, they went and quashed Andrew's um, car crash of, a, of an interview on, um, you know, and, and 
think... if they can silence the, you know, if there's hush hush about that criminal because potential the criminal interest, behavior. That's what I mean. Like the vested, it, there's no benefits to, and this is the sad thing as I got from like the reality of this is that it's quite unpleasant. Like the royal family isn't just one. First and foremost, it's a family, and how they want to conduct their affairs is ultimately, you know, their business. I don't think that as members. Now it's in the public space, we can talk about it, but I feel that what if they want to be exclusive and cliquish, it's down to their hand. To be honest, it's a big issue in society anyway. Like, it's not just the royal family that has to deal with, that has these kinds of issues where people who are outside are treated badly because they don't conform to, you know, the traditional expectations. They're not, there are multiple stories of people who are Sikh or alert, people who are, you know, Hindu, even religiously, you know, even in my personal experience, trying to be with someone of a different faith, the issues there, it's, it's not unique to the royal family. So it's difficult for me to be particularly sympathetic to the situation. Like I don't, I feel one of the issues I have is that people are treating, you know, the, the Duchess like she's some kind of martyr. She's not. She's had a hard time, yes. And it's been made worse by the way the press has handled the situation. She's been made a villain for no real discernible reason other than the fact that she's American, that she's, you know, she's mixed race and she's entering this family and doesn't maybe support their kind of agenda. That That's the real issue there. But am I, do I feel that, you know, it's, it's bad, but they're, they're leaving. At the end of the day, they're leaving this family and it's always, it was always going to play itself out. In I, I don't think, way. I think it was always, I don't, I think if she was, she could have been anybody and I think she was still gotten Bar the kind of racial connotations, everything else would have been the same. If it was another American, you know, with the same profile, and also let's bear in mind that Megan is just yeah. But you can't, Mike. Mike, you're 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 erecting a straw man. I'm sorry, you're erecting a straw man, a straw man argument, because what you're trying to say is let's remove the essence of what she is, and this could be anyone else, and. That is obvious. That you doesn't have to be said. You, you could say, "Oh, yeah, she could be blonde, and and she, if she was middle class and not upper class, she would have the same treatment." I think the issue here is that she is biracial, so let's not deflect from her actual entity. And yes, she is American, and we know, for example, that there's been some animosity towards an American marrying into the royal family in the past. We know we have yeah, that. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. They, Something about Americans isn't that well received in this side. But of the I, world. I think here when you look at and I was saving this for a moment such as this. So there's an article which was written by Rachel Johnson, um, and the surname might sound familiar. Um, you can Google her if you want to know who she is. Um, and I'll read an excerpt which was written about Meghan Markle at the time. So I have done my due diligence on Miss Markle. Miss Johnson says, and this is why I stand. Genetically, she is blessed. If there is issue from her alleged union with Prince Harry, the Windsors will thicken their watery, thin, blue blood and Spencer pale skin and ginger hair with some rich and exotic DNA. Miss Markle's mother is a dreadlocked African-American lady from the wrong side of the tracks who lives in LA. And even the sourest Spinster has to admit that the 35-year-old actress is extremely easy on the eye. She's good-looking, actually. She's a beautiful woman. Yes, yes. Did you forget the bit about uh, how her exotic DNA... What what does that mean? What what, what does exotic DNA mean? And what, what does... 
Miss Marco's mother is a dreadlocked African American lady from the wrong side of the tracks. Mean. What? Why do? What? Why is it okay for for press to write these kind of very innuendo laden comments <laughs> about Meghan Markle? We know why because one, she's a from she's a black American from God. I don't know anything about Meghan's mother, but it's quite clear what she's implying. And Meghan's mother is from a. Uh, Why is she allowed to speak in that way? Would she? Would 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 we have comments about, um, uh, like you say, a I, white lady in the same way? Depends on where she was from. Yes, I think the press will take apart anybody. I think it's anything that I'm. I'm of the view that anything that makes you different, like if you're not from the aristocracy, if you're not from this particular tribal culture, they will take you apart. I think it's just. The thing, one of the major distinguishing features of, you know, um, the Duchess is that she's of mixed heritage. And that was the thing they were always going to pick on. That was always it's so obvious to see. Like, from the beginning, if there was going to be an issue, that was the first thing. So for me, it's not, you know, it doesn't make it right, but it's not a crime and it's not horrifying. And it is a crime, though. I can't. No, I'm sorry, Mike. You can't say racism. That, no, no, no. You're wrong. I'm, no, I'm you're actually it. wrong because you're saying it's not a crime, but it's a crime to racially discriminate against someone that is a crime so that you're saying you're talking about it from a social point of view from a legal point of view you can't racially discriminate someone and i i I get your point it's not like they can arrest members of the press for writing i get your point yeah is if anyone on the street was to racially discriminate against somebody else they could be arrested and to your point and just very quickly I, i i understand where you're coming from what are your thoughts on the comment about archie do you do you also think that those comment about a child once again it's the same thing of a, a child in that context about the concern what were they concerned about we all know they're concerned about the fact that archie's going to come out looking differently from the rest of them and it's obvious the base of their concern is that he's you know he might be i said oh too dark maybe curly hair a nice big full nose, thick lips. You know that's their concern. The royal family is a very is built on an image, and throughout its history, I mean, it has a long history of incestuousness and intermarriage with a very very narrow. Well, you said it, not me. It's true. Like most royal families are like this, is what they do, and it's not just them, but around the world. So that's that's going to be their concern. And once again, it's not for me. It's not shocking. I think this whole yeah no no, no Mike. I, I think we need to make a distinction here. Neither of us were shocked by the fact that it was said by that member of the royal family. We've experienced racism, you and me. So we're not shocked that someone would insensitively make that comment. It's a wrong comment to make, and it's a terrible comment to make, though. That is wrong. It's a wrong comment. Whether or not we didn't expect it or not is not the point. What I would say is I was a bit surprised that it was said in the interview because that is potentially... And you, you're saying, oh, it's okay... It's not a big deal. Why has the royal family engaged in so many events this week? I saw Prince Charles at Jesus' house at the Vatican <laughs> Centre. There was that pit. Oh, my yeah. God. There was, the, there was William and Kate at a school. Yes. And, they make, oh, and the head teacher yeah. is black, just so happens to be black. And she's in Akente. In, in, yeah, in, yeah. in the early spring, it's freezing. She's in Akente. You know, that's just a coincidence. Kate turns up at... Um, um, Kate Middleton turns up at the memorial without a mask yeah. so that everyone can see why that the, 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 the there's a letter written by the uh, the young um cambridges to their grandmother diana what's up with the charm offensive what what's going to happen tomorrow 
is is it is Prince Andrew going to be serving <laughs> food at a at a soup kitchen? Like what what's going on? Exactly, that's my point. They care about the image. So they, they clearly care, care and they know they messed up. They 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 did push out an article because I was told an article is not going to come out. You know, a response isn't going to come out from the royal family. But I think the, the head of royals. Um, there's also been um, what's it called? The executive director of the Society of Editors resigned. Um, on his remarks about Harry and Meghan's um, um, comments on media racism. Piers Morgan lost his job at Good Morning Britain for his comments. I think that was more to do with his comments about her mental health rather than um, racism itself. But there are repercussions that have happened. However, you know, uh, what's it called? Window dressy, they might be, and non substantiated. Yeah, I mean, they they have to do what, what they do. You know, it's it's all about the image. Image. It's why it's this obsession with their image that made them. It's probably the root of these kinds of the comments in the first place. And it's why and it's the root of the reaction. Why? For me, it's a case of why was that? I feel like that. In that why? Why was that comment said? It was obviously said to drop a stinker on the family and, and to just. Because that's the biggest thing that's come out of this, those those comments. It was meant to embarrass them. That's why it was said. I mean, I don't... Because for me, it's like, okay, all of this is being said, but what do people actually want out of this and expect to change? I mean, is the family going to change this attitude? Absolutely not. It's like, they're going to do what they do. They've been doing this for centuries. It's why they're here, because they've been around for so long. They're very well managed, very well organized, and I would say one of the most efficient royal families throughout history, you know. Their close relatives in Russia, you know, got murdered. Royal family in France, what happened to them in the revolution? Most royal families today have been dissolved. And they're just one of the last ones to still have such a prominent role within the constitution and within 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 the states. Um, so they know exactly what they're doing. And I just feel that it's not the right issue for us as public to be picking up. Because we can say the royal family needs to change, but for what and for who? At the end of the day, they're not a public body. You know, They don't make really make decisions that have an impact on society pause pause they're funded through the public purse in some ways though that's so to your point when you say they're not a public body i understand your point to an extent and from a legal point of view in terms of what they own and what the crown owns i understand that however they as in they don't there make... is an unspoken contract here and i think this might well be something that the you know the royal family understand the image is very important and harry and Meghan decided that they needed their voice heard and let me just say that interview was for americans yes it wasn't for the british um public as much as they, we might like to think so and a lot of british people are genuinely hurt because harry and Meghan snubbed them that's they, what they happened the they, I mean, it was they, they turned their back on them yeah and they clearly got to a point, and this is what you need to appreciate. You're saying, oh, the, nothing happened wrong beyond what was supposed to happen. It's also the prerogative of the Sussexes to l- retaliate the way they see fit. If Fair. that's if True. that's how they want True. to... If, you're, if, you're, if we're going to follow your line of argument that it was just game, it's just the game, it's, the game is the game, Yeah. then the game is the game. They've just undressed... They've, 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 they've taken it public, you know? Yeah. And you could say it's a masterstroke because... There will always be people who believe that Meghan Markle's an actress. She's an actress, and she might have, yes, yeah, she might have um, exaggerated certain things in the interview yeah. for dramatic effect. But I think that 
for one to watch that and not believe that she suffered serious mental health. And remember that interview where the gentleman asked her in 2019, how are you? How are you feeling? And she yeah. was looking at the camera so direct. How can people just look at the chronology of what's happened? Go and look at, go type in Meghan Markle um, versus Kate Middleton um, newspaper headlines. Just have a look. Have a look at the kind of press that was being written about her. Have a look about the comments on Twitter, on Instagram, on all forms of social media. Have a look at the way that she was treated. You know, how can you reasonably say that she didn't suffer, especially her? And Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, they've got a kid as well, right? Yeah. The royal family is worried or the kid might look this or this different from them. The parents have to protect their kid yeah. at the end of the day. And they have another child on the way. Congratulations to the Duke and Duchess. They have a daughter coming on the way. And they just need to name her Diana. So this whole place... <laughs> that would just be perfect. <laughs> Scatter. Oh, actually... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I totally agree. You know, like, I, I would... I think, I, like, so you're, you, you kind of summed up my point perfectly, that the game is the game and they had to play. And I would say a lot of respect at least credit to them for being in backing themselves and trying to fight how best they could because the odds, are, you know, in England anyway, were massively against them. Um, I think that, you know, yes, <laughs> Megan has suffered as well. Yes, it's quite, it's quite clear to see. Um, I think they had to go to the, to the, to the United States because it's uh, probably, they, they have more allies on that side of, of the pond. Yeah, and, uh, you go where you're loved. You exactly, go where you're loved, so and then yeah, on so. this side, um, I feel that the, the real criminal here, but like, and this is the most disappointing thing about this is that the real criminal, like, they made a couple of important points. One was the, the harshness, the, the fact that she was so coldly received in the family, and the fact they weren't really supported is quite clear. Whatever it is they wanted to, they planned for the careers roles was not backed by the family, and so. They were kind of, you know, they were hung out to dry, basically, you know, by things like removing security or being stubborn about just giving um, their son, you know, the title by default. I mean, he's not necessarily not entitled to it anyway by the rules, but he but they could have awarded. easily just given it exactly. Yeah, they, they made it clear, that, you know, you're not welcome here because you don't fit our agenda. But um, the real criminal here is the British press. Like even Harry said himself that there is this kind of fear within the royal family of the press, and they haven't. Yeah kind of an uns- a social contract you give us access we get press and i i strongly feel that you know although yes members elements within the family can uh, can shape the narrative the business press will do whatever it wants and it has such an extensive history of attacking people with a high profile i mean there's the news of the royal phone hacking scandal there's diana there is even the stuff about william there's kate stuff that happened with charles i mean you know, there's Caroline Flack, who died, unfortunately, not that long ago. There is that guy, another guy from um, Love Island. I think his name is Mike as well. Uh, there's so many individuals that suffered at the hand of the press. And that's criminal is going scot-free, you know. Say what we will about the royal family, but they are, their survival is, they're, they're portrayed in the press, and the press is crucial for their survival. And this has helped them survive a bit longer because there's a story about them. And the real questions that should be asked about the royal family, which is, what is their purpose you said yeah. their money where they're getting it from why should they be entitled to the public purse just because of historic um you know because of historic origins you know the, the, the all of this is deflecting away from the things that really matter um and that's the most 
kind of annoying thing that the, I guess the people that need to that they have to shed light on the interview aren't going to shed light on the parts that's damaging to them. Um, yeah, and the other thing as well is, on you know. The, the, on the flip side, the royal family is a really important part of British culture. I don't think you can have Britain because it's a union um, and it's not like a, it's mm-hmm. like a federal republic. It's still a kingdom. Yeah. It needs its monarchy uh, to have that kind of cultural identity. And if you attack it, you're basically attacking the country. And I think that's, that was always something that was always going to work against Harry and Meghan. They were fighting against the monarchy. They were fighting against the idea of Britishness. And yes. that was always going to be problematic. And there's, you know, if I'm not... If a, 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 an ethnically British person was like, you know, look, they're going to you're going to look at that and think, who are these people? Who is this outsider that's come in and try to denigrate my country? And it was always going to be received one way. Um, so it's really, uh... and I think to your last point, um, you you've encapsulated how I think the royal family is viewed by Brits. It's yeah. it is, it's it's this is a very historically very feudal society. Yeah. Um, divide and rule, um, class-based society, and the idea that you take your confidence from the fact that you are above someone, or you're below someone, or there's a chain of command that you respect yeah. and you follow, and that those at the top represent your identity, especially as a white person, a white Brit, is, I think, quite crucial when you look at how the public responds to any criticism yeah. of the royal family. Because it's it, effectively, it's like a reflection of the society, isn't yes. it? And I think that's the bottom line question that we need to ask as we wrap up today. Why are the royal family, the current in the current state they are, why can't they modernise? This was their opportunity, I believe, that they yeah. failed to modernise. Why couldn't they take this opportunity presented by the presence of a biracial woman who was popular, who was willing to work with the family. And it's interesting to note Mm -hmm. that Harry and Meghan said they would still be there. So it's not like this woman came in to revolutionize and change. If they were just loved, if they were treated with a bit of care, if someone, and I think this is where they really messed up as a royal family because they could have taken advantage of her popularity. She was willing to be that, that, advocates to be that um you know diversity hire for want of a better word (laughs) and they messed up the opportunity because they allowed for that barrage to continue yeah they they never came out even via you know back channels there's back channels that you use to talk to the press like quiet it down tone it down it's too much like there was never any attempt to do that I think despite the pleas. And I think the royal family has to look at itself. If there's any negative connotations on them, how they could have dealt with this and how they need to look moving forward. And I think a discussion has to be had as to what that means for the country, because we do partly fund the royal family, you know, through our through um the government purse. Yeah. And you have to look at what does it mean as its relevancy. If they cannot take seriously issues, allegedly, of mental health and racism, that's what's been alleged here. Those are two serious, serious issues. And if the royal family as an institution cannot deal with that, serious questions have to be asked. It's going to be tough, though, because the way I see it, the royal family is a family first. And it's just individuals, it's father, mother, grandmother, cousin, uncles, so on and so forth. 
a family is not obliged to change how it operates for anybody. It's family is family. But then there's also the institution, which is different. And I think people have to separate the two because it's very difficult because, you know, the institution is investing in the individuals. But at the end of the day, their humanity comes first. And that means that they have no obligation to do anything in terms of welcoming outsiders. It's not what they do anyway as part of the customs. So they don't have to do it. But in terms of the institution, I, I agree that something should change. You know, we it's very archaic and it has, you know, just just in, just has these old fashioned, outdated modes of doing things. And really members as members of the public, we have very little insight to how it really operates. This is the I think there needs to be transparency. Because exactly. I was I was watching that and I was hearing the institution. And I had ideas of the structure, which I said earlier in the pod about um the most senior working member of the family, yeah. the queen being there in her ceremonial role, being obviously still the head of state. But in reality, in terms of day-to-day tasks, her, her heir has to kind of take on that responsibility and must already yeah. be doing some of that. And there must be senior courtiers around this. And there must be people who've been around that family for 50 plus years who are still influencing the schedules, the assignments, the dressing, the exactly. approach exactly the training everything there needs to be a greater level of transparency i think if the royal exactly. family is this institution has to be unveiled there's no the idea to me that oh they're a private family yes i get that but in their public roles those public roles have to be i think we do have to open up like, royal family should can still be a family but the crown as an institution can be separate yeah. and then Definitely, the, the queen can, can do the ceremonial duty, but who actually, in a way, like we have a government that we put faces to, is the same thing. This crown institution, you know, like what is it and who is in charge of that? That I think, yes, we should should be shed light on. Um, the other thing, I guess, as well, coming to the end, is that I picked up on is you know, with the a lot of people felt like they could see their story in in, in Megan. Yes. Um, do you think that was is, is right? You know that people are projecting their own experiences onto people who are extremely far removed from them. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a phrase, you know, that goes around nowadays when people try and talk about, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm really against people who, for example, will look at a celebrity's relationship Mm. and take that as a benchmark or will be heavily invested in the fact that, Oh, they broke up. Oh, they're now baby mamas, baby dads. Oh, they got, you know, I mean, you could, you don't know them. They don't know you. So your investment should be capped, really and truly. But then we live in a society of hyper-sharing, mm. over-engagement, you know, um, instant content. Um, so there are there is this kind of almost artificial um, construct where people feel that they have relationships with people. Now, with regards to Megan, I don't think that's quite what's happening here. I think what's happening here is that Megan is a symbol of what it means to be a black or person of color or biracial person within a majorly white society. If you look at the royal family as a microcosm of the British society, what Meghan represented and the reason why so many people related to her experience was when you talk about institutionalized racism, when you talk about gaslighting, when you talk about insidious racism, those are the kind of racist issues 
that show up in the United Kingdom. It's not overt. It's not in your face. It's not, um, and that's why the Archie comment was so shocking, yeah. because that was overt in, in in my opinion, because it was actually said as to the concern for the color. You wouldn't be concerned if it was, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> blind. You know, so yeah. so why should you be concerned about this? Yeah. And why should your grandsons? Why shouldn't you be seeking to protect him first rather than concerned about how your subjects might think? Maybe think about that, perhaps, whoever said that. Mm. And back to the point, I think Megan was a microcosm, was an example, a symbol of what it means to be black against the machine, against the institutions. And that was what people resonated with. Not the fact that they necessarily... A lot of people don't really like Megan because they think that I've heard comments about her she's being not, an actress, she doesn't come across not being believable yeah. or whatever, but she's a human being and whatever you think, mm -hmm. no one should be treated in a way where they feel like they have to take their own lives. No one should feel so bad and unprotected by their own system that should protect them. Mm -hmm. She said, I thought they would protect me. And I think that's so it rings so true for so many black people who get into spaces where they think they can trust people and they can be supported by people. But because of the color of their skin, they're treated as inferior. They're treated as being an outcast. They are forced out, literally in this case, she went back to America. And I think that's what people resonated with that's quite, in Megan. Yeah, I mean, that's quite interesting to me because, um, I mean, I, I don't, for whatever reason, I find no, I cannot, I, this is just me, mm -hmm. I, I can't see any connection to her because I'm like, this is some lady from the United States who has not really had any material impact on society. I mean, fine, she's had a good career in, in suits, but then she's not an advocate of anything. She hasn't been really, I mean, nothing significant. And then, you know, she, come into the United Kingdom and even her husband, they've not had, they've not done anything that would say has distinguished them or made them kind of stand out. So have you, are, you, are you saying you don't relate to having dealt with racism it's not before? That. So I don't, the idea itself is different. Forget, forget her, forget her. And I think you're getting too focused on Megan. No, it's the, for me, it's yeah. about the, I don't, I'm not, the idea is so even the situation, I can't relate to their situation because I don't, I guess, I don't see anything in myself in their situation at all. I, I really don't. And it, it's, I don't want to get too much into why, why I don't. So, cause that's another discussion. That's another discussion for another yeah, day. But I, I just feel that, you know, I've, I've, I, I've, I've, one of the things I strongly question was kind of the outrage. I may, you know, people say the things were lived experience, but I, I, well, from what I saw, I'm not convinced that there's anything about, what they were there's not enough about what they were going through in my view for people to feel like they should be resonating with that you know these this whole situation is not doing anything for people so for people to place so much significance in this to me is is is, is kind of mad would you feel the same way if she'd taken her life um i it would be about the it would be about the way she, would i feel the same she'd taken her life i think it would be i still would think that we should we can sympathize with the situation because definitely she'd taken her life you know it would be horrible it, it you know the royal family would deserve all the derision it gets at the same time I, I i just find it i just find it quite bizarre that people are so 
you know, felt so hurt by what's happened to her. I don't know. I, just, I guess like... I think, yeah, I like I said, and I think it comes down to your lived experience, yeah. if I'm being honest. Um, I, I think that Meghan Markle's experience, as told in that interview, yeah. was really powerfully put across because, and like I said, it comes with an understanding of how the society works and how racism works in the society. And the issue of mental health, of course, is very important. And, you know, we would ask anyone who's listening, who's suffering from mental health, to do go and seek help. Yeah. And the fact that she wasn't allowed to seek help, Mike, I, th- I, I think, think that's yeah, a yeah, huge... Yeah, yeah. I think that's a huge, huge problem. And I understand what you're saying from your lived experience, right? I'm not... And I think that was just a question to see... Of course, like... How you gauge that. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think it's going to rever- rever- reverberate. I mean, what's your, what do you think is going to be the lasting legacy of this interview? Um, I'm not, On the Royal family. Uh, I think this is the beginning of the end for them as we see it. I don't think, you know, after the queen goes, Charles doesn't have the, the, the profile to keep the keep and doesn't have the respect of the public and the press um, in the way that the queen does. I mean, there's literally nothing bad said about the queen. And even in the way the interview was delivered, it was always plaudits. Uh, yeah, that was interesting. There was no negative comment about the exactly. So once, once you know, once she goes, what? Perhaps William, I think, has been more, and he's had his own scandals, but it's not as bad. Nowhere near as bad as Charles. So, and because Charles is next in line, I don't know what that means for for the royal family. Um, I think that's also. I want. I wonder if this will haunt them. I think. Um, you know, the, the Duke and Duchess will always be prized now after this. I think they've solidly, in the public sphere, privately could be a different matter, but I don't think there's any way back for them, unless maybe... It's few- I don't think they want to go back in that way anyway. Yeah. So I think, I think, to your point, I think they will reconcile privately. privately yeah. And I think that will be enough for them. I, I honestly feel that... Harry, for years, has said how he doesn't like the media. He's told us yeah. for years, I don't like the media. You can understand based yeah. on what happened to his mom. So I don't think, you know, and he's never going to be king. So, you know, I, I, I feel like he's pretty... As long as he doesn't lose his family, I don't... And obviously, he lost some of his patronage. Harry was doing very good work yeah. with soldiers and um, the wounded Invictus yeah. Yeah. Championship Games. And everyone who's met him has really good things to say about him. And it's, Megan as well. And they will continue that work yeah. with Archwell Foundation. So, I think it's interesting. Um, let's see what happens yeah. in the future. Um, and I think... I think the royal family will still be here. I think they'll still be here in another 50 years. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see in, in what form that takes, because it's... I think that so people are underestimating those of you that watch Game of Thrones, right? There's the identity... People say, what's British culture? What's British culture? I think the royal family is That's actually a big, a big part of British culture. So, yeah. people who are saying, oh, the British family, you know, I don't... You're not going to see a republic in 50 years. You're not going to see yeah. it, because... It's so entrenched, I think. That's right. Deeply entrenched. It's not going to go anywhere. So I guess that's yeah, that's where this 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 discussion concludes. It's a story that will be continued. I'm sure. The new chapter. (laughs) We need to discuss. Well, we need to discuss the fallout because 
you know, you have Piers Morgan, but I think we could save that yeah, for, uh, I think that's for another matter in itself. That's a whole <laughs> other fiasco. Um, but for the time being, ladies and gentlemen, you've heard us talk about the royal fiasco, the interview, our views on the situation, our, our, our theories. And shout out to Tyler Perry, though, for housing, for housing Harry and, and Meghan, standing up and giving them a place to live and offering them security. So, you know, brother, brother stood up right there. Did his thing, you know. He needs to be godfather of Diana, the baby. <laughs> I, I want baby that Diane. Be, I want that to be. That would just be fantastic. Okay, baby Diane, not Diana, because that, that would be too, yeah. too on the nose. But if they're looking for a fight, which they might, <laughs> then, then they definitely should do that. So I think that would be fantastic. But um, yes, yeah, so I, yeah, I wish them all the best. I think that's the main thing. And yeah. And yeah, I'm intrigued to see what they do next and yeah. how things progress. So, um, thank you very much um, from uh, myself, Dan, and from me, Mike. Um, until the next episode, stay tuned.